Hey, hello, gentlemen. So, uh, in theory, we're going to... Oh, there he is. Right. I was just going to say, theoretically, Elon Moist, a.k.a. Josh. <laughs> hey. Us. Welcome. We're, we're already recording. We literally just hit record. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. What's yeah. up, Big Frog? What's up, man? Hey, I, I was thinking about it. I didn't check before, uh, but I, I think, TK, you have the earliest Twitch user ID, right? You know I what? So. Of us, yep. You know what? I'm glad you I brought that so. up, Josh. I'm glad you brought that <laughs> a visionary, up. visionary. Uh -oh. A true visionary. <laughs> we need to have a little talk about this. I'm pretty sure, like, the first day that you could go request access to Twitch, I, I got to be in the first 100 people, at least the first 200. But I would guess, I wouldn't even be surprised if I was in the first 50. And then I'm like, cool, I requested access. Then I wait and wait and wait, and nothing happens. And then I see people getting on there. So I went and request access again. And then I share, I tweet the link, and it says tweet the link to move up the line. I did that a couple times. Nothing happens. More time goes by. I see more people on there. I go check it again. I'm like, huh, I check my spam. More time goes by. <laughs> TK somehow gets on there. And I'm like, TK, how did you get on Twitch? And then like other people, Derek gets on there. I'm like, how'd you guys get on Twitch? Oh, I don't know. I, I DM'd them and asked them. And I'm like, TK, could you like ask them if they could get on? So then he messages me a screenshot of like a DM with the Twitch Twitter account or something that says, uh, have him DM us. And I'm like, well, nobody told me that I had to DM them to get on. I just thought I, I was following the rules, you know, law. There you go. I was following See? law. Wow. Hey man, it was an insider movement, you know, and and only those who uh, were willing to do the proof of work got there first. That's so, <laughs> just that's just how it ended up. I'm sorry, you know, your you know your user number sticks with you forever now, though. It, I know, and I feel so I feel so jaded. I remember when I first got on, and I was like, I was confused because I signed in with money button, and I thought that the numbers were your money button ID, and my okay. money button ID is 190. I'm like really freaking early on money button, and I thought. Great. That's my, I'm like, why is my Twitch ID like 2,900? So uh -oh. it sounds to me, Josh, like I abided by the rule of law and you're telling me that proof of social media <laughs> trumps rule of law. Are you willing to stand by that? I, I am willing to stand by that. In this case, <laughs> it's just, it's just right, you know? So I, let, I mean, let's just start right off with what's on everybody's mind. What the hell is, I am so delighted and confused by your alter ego. Like why, why are you Elon Moist? Where did this come from? And why do you not just tweet and twitch and, and post as Josh Petty? Oh, uh, well, uh, first off, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I wouldn't be in this conversation right now if I wasn't Elon Moist. I'll just start with that. Um, I've been interested in Bitcoin for a little while and I, I was on Twitter as Josh Petty and uh, I wasn't really able to get the attention or enter the conversations that I wanted to. Uh, it, you know, talking to people like, I don't know, Vitalik or whatnot. And uh, I, so I, I, I just, I started seeing this crypto Twitter. It was probably like 2015 at this point or something. I was myself, I was Josh Petty. And uh, uh, basically, I was just like this average white guy, and uh, that, that didn't really appeal, you know. And in my, in my, in me, me and I Steve saw know the feeling, man. Hey, man, you know, it's not in fashion right now. And I, I uh, 
I, I, I just, uh, I created this group with some friends, uh, uh, a Telegram group. I just had some college friends and stuff that I told about Bitcoin and they started getting really popular. And uh, they reached out to me about it and I uh, said, hey, let's just start a group chat. It's called the Crypto Aquarium. And so everybody's theme in the beginning was like uh, sea creatures or whatnot. And I think like in the first month of it, I was like the crypto fish. It was like, uh, do you remember Coinye, the, coin, uh, the Kanye okay. West coin? Yeah. Uh, so I, that's actually where I started. And then I realized, well, I, need, I, I, I don't know. I do, everybody's doing Pepe the Frog and then Pepe was racist. So I was like, well, I can't do that. But it's a really funny meme. And I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to have fun. And then I saw other people doing the Muppet stuff. We even have some Muppet people on Twitch. And I, I just, uh, at some point picked it up and I said, I started becoming this character. I think that's really the bottom line is it was a character that evolved into the frog, but it was various things in trial and error. And um, what I got from this was I started getting really uh, a lot of attention on Twitter because uh, there was this funny little talking frog that had all these opinions and ideas that I went out there with uh, and it became my pseudonym, sort of like the Satoshi Nakamoto inspired me and uh, I just have as much fun as possible. And, and sometimes I get asked, is that the real me? And I say, well, you know, so that's sort of how, it's like a quantum <laughs> meme in a sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a hard question to answer. No, I feel, like, I feel like you're onto something that TK has been, TK has been saying this kind of thing for a long time. He, he's always, he thinks everything in life should be more like the WWE. <laughs> and having these characters, these personas is like, it's something that allows you to do so many brilliant things. I mean, you're kind of in like Andy Kaufman territory here or something, right? Like yeah. you create this persona and you live it and the persona gets to do things that you wouldn't want to have to be responsible for individually, even though everyone knows it's you, you get to do things that you wouldn't do as yeah. you. And like, there's just something about it, the entertainment value, the hilarity. I mean, my, my whole family knows who Elon Moist is. We all, I share, I share like funny you know, tweets and twitches um, and they, they all think it's funny. So you, you're onto something with this. I like and the, you know, I, I had, go ahead, TK. I had some point. Uh, oh yeah. TK, please, please. I'd love to, love to hear what, what you have to say. Well, no, just saying really quickly. So, so two things. One is, is the frog, you know, with the whole, the whole keck, you know, kind of thing. Like the frog mm -hmm. has become a symbol in, in the past like five years of, of like chaos, disruption, mischievousness. And so, and so I think it suits you because so much of what Bitcoin is doing, but so much of what you're doing within the Bitcoin space has this kind of mischievous, disruptive quality to it that I think people resonate with at this time. You know what I mean? And then, and then the other thing is uh, just going to Isaac's point. I think people, one of the reasons why influencer culture is kind of beating out celebrity culture, and, and, and I credit Isaac with making this point, is that celebrity culture is playing it safe. They're all protecting their brands, yeah, that's protecting right. their images. And, and what are they doing other than telling us to wear a mask? But the influencers are the ones that are having personality. They're saying risky things. And right now, people want authentic, you know, because they know that it's scary to be real. And when they see somebody having a sense of humor and being real, they say, all right, this guy is at least modeling what I want to represent or how I want to be, even yeah. if I don't have the courage to do it. You know what I mean? So I, I, I love the, uh, I love the alter ego effect. I think it's really important because the, it, it really is. It just allowed me to have a more creative space. Uh, I felt like I was in, whether it was just mentally like applying it to myself or in general what was happening in the world. I was, I was being stereotyped or kind of put in a box and, 
uh, when I started this character, then I, I could, I had all these funny ideas, you know, in university or in high school or something, you're, you're with your friend group. And if I had these ideas, that was really silly, right? Uh, when I talked about Bitcoin for the first time, I was completely insane. Uh, and then I just had the Elon Musk thing. Uh, I just used it as a way to get my stage presence and feel like in my own little safe space and creative world. And uh, I, I don't know, it's really fun. I, I think it's sort of now at this point, it's ingrained in me. And uh, even a lot of my family and friends, you know, some of them, the one, those who I let in know about this character. There's still a lot of people in my life that have no idea who Elon Musk or Coinesi is or that it's even me. So it'll get <laughs> out there slowly but surely. There's still people um, where I was just on that waiting list and uh, you're just not letting them in to get yeah, that. Yeah, in limbo, you know. <laughs> There's there's also people on the opposite side who don't know who Josh Petty is. Uh, when you got on the call, I, I was confused because I was thinking I was ex I wasn't sure which was the background and which was the foreground. I was expecting <laughs> the the frog to talk because that's that's been my experience. But I've also been enjoying your your alter ego. Well, it's Thank funny. You. So this this brings me to Twitch, which there's a couple segues. I mean, one is that Twitch, whether this has been intentional or organic, as a company as a brand has sort of taken on a similar persona that you have, which is just like a lot of shit talk, totally irreverent, like hilarious, unafraid. Um, and then I want, I want to know kind of how Twitch developed in the team, because I don't even know for a while. I thought that this other account called Randy Moish or something, I thought that was also you. And I thought, and then <laughs> now I'm pretty sure it's not. And there's another person behind now it's President Randy, but there's all these crazy accounts and like this Twitch team is like this amorphous blob. I don't know how many people there actually are. So just, I would love to hear the genesis of Twitch as an idea and then as a company. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's a cool story. I think as any good sort of relationship or company or idea, uh, it, it started out as a sort of this we were hanging out on Twitter being our characters and we were sort of colliding on ideas and noticing each other um, and becoming like having conversations uh, that because we were these characters, we probably never would have had in real life. Um, and uh, I think the, the sort of the idea of Twitch had been around, I, I think decentralized Twitter, Twitter on the blockchain, um, you know, there had been, I'd been uh, talking with people uh, and saw like content by Andrew DeSantis that was talking about decentralized operating systems and so we were all just kind of thinking about, well, what can we do with Bitcoin? You know, what it's this, this whole like uh, it's just gold sort of thing. We were the people that sidestepped that and said, no, there, there's something more to this. Um, so I, I, I met uh, uh, Billy, Ran, uh, Randy, um, President Randy, at probably, I don't know, four years ago or something now. He emailed me through, I had a previously a company called Cell Flora that was a, uh, uh, product design, software design and development studio, and a sort of a business that I helped build up out of college. And uh, he came to us with an idea. He emailed me and said this idea. I said, hey man, I got him on the phone. I said, this idea is terrible. But here's how you can sort of get started and uh, maybe validate the idea a little bit better. And um, I showed him, I was working on uh, Coindex, Coindex app. It's just an iOS portfolio app for cryptocurrency. I showed him a couple things I'd worked on uh, that where I built up uh, some users and I showed them how I used Telegram and Twitter and I started showing them how like you can get early users and get feedback. So Billy, I caught Billy first and then he caught the fever. He had never heard of Bitcoin at this point. And, um, and then he started his Twitter account after seeing mine. Now he has like 40,000 followers. He has twice as many followers as me, which is really <laughs> hilarious. 
he had like two year, you know, I had like a two year head start on him at that point. Um, and so I, I, then Billy and I just started talking about ideas all the time. We actually had an early concept on, we thought about using Ethereum to make uh, what we called shipposters.io. It's a really funny name, but <laughs> it was like ship posting on the blockchain, which is sort of what Twitch has started to, you know, it, it, it takes that, that shape in some sense. And that was quite a few years ago. And um, then we, uh, we had this all mapped out. We realized Ethereum is just not going to do it. We had tinkered with Ethereum and um, the fees and stuff got real high. And we realized when things get popular and uh, just wasn't really going to be a good thing that we yeah, could actually it, it take works as, It works as long as not very many people use it, which is not yeah, what you want yeah. social network. Yeah, yeah. And we took the time. You know, I, we, I had a lot of experience. Billy had experience in design and stuff. And um, and he was, he's really good at marketing. And I had experience, though, like kind of getting closer to the metal. I knew how to make stuff and at least manage uh, the right people to get it done. So we were like making prototypes, looking at stuff, really having a good look at this. Um, and so we, we put that on the back corner, uh, started some other companies and worked at, and collaborated on, on various stuff. Um, and then I bumped in at, on the road at some point with uh, uh, Aaron Burns, Urban Arson. Um, and he was, he and Mark uh, Wilcox and Andrew DeSantis were talking about all this cool and crazy stuff that really Billy and I have been flirting with these same thoughts. We separately, uh, we kind of encountered them. Uh, they were talking about Bitcoin as a big computer and whatnot. And uh, so I just started talking to Aaron, you know, and, um, and, uh, and was one this, day, was this at a time where that was even possible? Was this before BSV? I think, yeah. And um, I think this was probably around the time BCH started and around BCH. I sort of, I, I kind of fell back and just, took uh, a good look at what's going on. I didn't really get too involved in uh, BCH. Uh, I, I was, uh, at that point, I was really promoting the concept, even on the BTC mainstream stuff like Marty Bet. He's a great guy. He's definitely on the wrong side of the Bitcoin investment, if you ask me, but he's, uh, I went on his podcast and I started talking about these ideas. That's my first sort of uh, take it public thing. And, um, you know, we, we, I just looked at it as a generalist thing. Like Bitcoin's going to have forks. It's always going to have forks. And um, I wasn't willing to sell one of those forks. I just wanted to maintain my objective view on, on this as an investor um, and a potential businessman. On I always wanted to build on Bitcoin and sort of always found excuses not to uh, until BSV came around. And so when we saw BSV, we're like, this is it. I mean, this is exactly what we've been looking for. Uh, we, we started tinkering really early with it to make sure now, does it, does it have lower fees? Can it handle information? Uh, those are basically the two things you need. You need microtransactions and an information uh, system. It can manage information, uh, back it up, things like that. That's, that's what we were looking for. So we hopped right on it. And, um, and Aaron, Aaron and, and Mark and that group, uh, they, they were pretty much like Lightning Network's a scam and uh, BTC is small blocks that are a scam right away. And I was just observing. I was like, yeah, I can see it, but I hadn't had a chance to act on it. I'm, I'm more of an entrepreneur and I'm like looking for opportunities. And uh, uh, I started talking to Aaron and, and then we got uh, Billy and Aaron and I started talking and then we found Ben, who's a, a co-founder as well. And um, he had a, uh, I forget what it's called, um, a, a eternalized or um, uh, immutable or some kind of app that you could just take a link and it would page shop and save it to Bitcoin. So I, re I immediately saw that and I reached out to him and I said, hey, we got an idea. We're going to do this with Twitter. 
It's like that simple, you know? And, uh, and we, uh, we actually, Aaron, Billy, uh, uh, well, Aaron was stayed back. Uh, Billy, uh, myself and Ben flew to Munich to meet Ben's in Slovenia. We flew to Munich. We rented a hotel room for two days. We didn't leave it. And we built the first version of Twitch. Uh, this is like a little bit over a year ago. It's like, uh, we just met in the hotel room. First time we ever met. And, uh, we just, uh, I'd met Billy before, but, uh, with Ben and we just, we just locked ourselves in there, uh, got a lot of coffee and some beer and we just like three guys in one room and stinking up the place, uh, making this, this simple app that you could archive tweets and, uh, post text to the blockchain. That's, that's incredible. The beginning. I mean, the, I just love the fast action, the not waiting to put together a pitch deck and go try to raise venture and try to, you know, whatever, just like getting the guys together to build it. And now it's, you have well over 10,000 users now, if I'm correct, with basically, yeah. with basically no, from my vantage point, no big effort to go, uh, you know, do any paid marketing. I mean, hell, you wouldn't even let me on when I was begging to get on. So it's obviously, <laughs> obviously organic, real growth. FOMO works. FOMO works. That's something we're good at is, um, get, you know, harvesting attention and, um, ultimately we, the most important thing is, is if you get that attention, you have to find a productive place for it to go. And, uh, we've been able to make it, uh, this is our first app and our, our first product and it's still early. We don't like to use the word that it's a beta or whatever. We like to treat it like it's as real as it is, but, um, you know, people find it useful and fun. And that's the first step to anything is do people like to hang out there? Um, can, can we, uh, actually make some kind of money from it? Uh, so our first user, our first time anyone used Twitch, uh, you know, we made a penny from it. So we, we, we started day zero with some kind of revenue stream. And um, I think that's a big part of the innovation of Twitch is that you can look at new types of business models. And, and that plays a big factor in how we got here now. And we have a good baseline of what we're going to try to get done in the next year or two. Yeah, guys, um, if, take, it, take it another direction if you want to. I, I wanted to at some point here, chat on, touch on kind of the philosophical um, it, it almost borders on moral in some people's, uh, minds approach of like, you need to, the, the blockchain is meant for serious business and you're, you're basically spamming it with a bunch of shit. Why would you need your stupid tweet about, you know, your dad joke, uh, which literally there's an account that does dad jokes yeah. permanently <laughs> saved on this immutable ledger that's Byzantine fault tolerant and all this other stuff. What a stupid use case. So we can hold that because Steve, it looked like you wanted to say something. Yeah, just one more. To that at some point. Uh, one more question on the history. So you guys are still fairly young. Um, what was the process of landing a few big names on your platform? Like you got the Danny Trejo guy, you got Stefan Mullen who came over. What it, did you guys have any kind of personal connections there or how did that work? No, uh, I think, I think, well, Aaron has a background in film and, um, in Hollywood and, and whatnot. Um, so I think he, I think he knew, uh, Danny and, but we didn't, we didn't reach out to any of them particularly. Um, I, well, I, I think the best way to explain it is it tends to be that those personas are like people who are pretty entrepreneurial. So they're trying, they're taking risk and like trying new stuff. And the, this, the, a lot of actually the, those who fit in there already sort of saw the Facebook and Twitter deplatforming stuff coming. It's really starting to heat up now. I think it's just sort of the beginning of it. And uh, the, they just recognize that there's other places they can start to build audience. And it was really easy for them because 
there's there's some money involved. It's just you know every like is some profit for them. So uh, I, I, it was really through Twitter. You know, we used we bootstrapped off Twitter uh, intentionally. Everything we did was on Twitter because a Twitter's user was our best user. It's Twitter with money. That's sort of the day zero concept. Now we have a big vision and we want to do a lot of great stuff, but that that's what sells. Uh, and so we just we just use that, and then users just started going crazy. They started tagging people in this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter and all that. Stefan Molyneux. Um, uh, there's a lot of other people. Uh, John Finch. He's like a uh, MMA or UFC or something. Um, you know, just really interesting people. We're seeing a big rise in artists now because uh, people are like selling their paintings or doing their memes and and getting paid for them and stuff like that. And it's just been it just started out with our core group, sort of people in Bitcoin that were excited um, and like memes. And then they started sharing all this stuff. Now our Twitter grew really fast. I think we broke 11,000 followers already. Um, you know, we, we don't want to depend on Twitter for too long. We don't think we'll last that long there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it just, it was really, we were really lucky to be organic. And that's because we have fun and we don't act too serious and we are willing to be wrong or whatnot. And that, that sort of philosophy we have internally just leaks out onto the brand and people like it. It's just, Look, it's like a human thing, you know. We're not doing all this this bullshit. We're not riding all these fashions. We're just we're just going to be us, and uh, uh, if people like it, they can come join us. Yeah, that was. It's really interesting to see. Um, I, I was very aware of the or involved with the whole BTC BCH thing, and then BCH BSV, and uh, you guys aren't the first social media platform that has been built on the blockchain, but far and away the most successful you have far and away the best looking product user experience is great so it's interesting to see people were a lot earlier uh, to this concept but they didn't seem to have the entrepreneurialism at all i mean the projects just died out the websites didn't look good um so it's really impressive that uh that this is such a young product and yet you already have you know big names that you don't have personal connections to who are, who are trying it out. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. And those big names, those big names are just going to keep coming. The ones that are there are going to stay sure. because we see them staying, which is interesting. You know, it's not, it, it's not the best user experience. There's a lot of, it's a big pain in the ass as Isaac mentioned to get in there and you know, we're going to make that a lot better, but these guys are going to stick around because all these other platforms just, they have all the same fundamental problems. You know, you don't have data backed up by default and you don't have any way to monetize your content. If you do monetize it and you're, a guy that doesn't identify with this political view or whatever, they'll just like cut off your visa line or whatever. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's just like building this sort of base set of tools or this baseline of like, let's build objective things for people to be people. And uh, it's going to be great. Trust you know what? Me. One of the things that, that gets me so excited about, and, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Twitch is like one of the most valuable assets that bsv has because it because of what it signals bsv being so early and so many crypto projects being so early um but not just in the users and you know like hey it's a cool product but there's something about your model i feel like most products built on crypto fall in one of two extremes it's either somebody's neglected side project so they whip it up. It has a really ugly UI and they're constantly like, hey guys, I don't really have time to work on this. And then it just falls apart eventually. Give me your money so I can keep working on it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or they don't even do that and they just don't ask for money and don't do it. Cause it's like, oh, I whipped it up on the side and you know, it's just here. And then everyone thinks it's cool for a minute and then it dies. Or 
it's venture backed and it gets a shit ton of money and it has like a nice looking announcement or whatever. And it just moves really slow or because of the venture backing. And I know I've, I've, I've done both bootstrapped and venture businesses and they both have their, their dangers, but because of the chunk of money you get, you get to sit around and build for a lot of theoretical things that you think are going to be great. And then by the time you release them, there's like no demand for them or you completely miss the mark. And somehow you've created, I think really the ideal genuine bootstrap company that you're trying to build it and you're actively trying to make it profitable. It's not just some side project that you did for a month and you're, you're done with but you're not loaded up with all this VC that makes you go out and chase shiny objects and overbuild everything. And I think it's, it's just created, I think a model that's worth emulating. Like you've shown a path to really building something real on the blockchain. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to flip the, this is the, the dystopian internet. It's flipping it on its head. I mean, the, the model is perverse. Uh, I've done, I've had various businesses and, uh, most bootstrap, but not all. Some investment had investment, and you always end up just with all the in, investor-based uh, comp- companies that receive investment. They, there's always like uh, you have to appease the investor. It's a new, it's a new uh, uh, leg on your organism. It's your, th- it's your third leg or whatever, your sixth finger. It's, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's really a, a disability, and um, I'm not. I don't. This, I, a lot of people get really mad at me for being anti-VC. Like now somebody's radicalized my one blog post I put out once saying I'm against VC. It's like, well, no, I'm just interested in like making products that actually have customers. Um, and, and if you use this type of model, uh, you are, you're not beholden to the investor. You're actually just treating those customers now because I can make money and I can use collateral, this little collateral that we've gathered over, uh, 12 months, I can now use in if I need to go and be finance. Uh, so it's a big, it, you know, I don't know how many people listening to this are going to have that experience or perspective, but all you have to really know is that like, there's a lot of people out there getting a lot of money for things that don't have customers. And it's ultimately just wasted resource and it's devaluing everything. Uh, this is sort of the Silicon Valley model. They just trade money amongst each other. Um, we're just saying, look, we're going to take it easy. We're going to build up the company. We're going to show real revenue and we're going to like get real organic growth and we're going to change our minds if we want, because if you have investors, that's going to be really hard to do. We can yeah, change our yeah, mind tomorrow. I, I love, because I don't think it's about, uh, you know, like the idea of giving up equity in a company for liquidity. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think what you're doing though is you're flipping the burden of proof to where it ought to be. Somewhere along the line, it became the assumption that if you have a business idea, of course you raise money. And then you have to have a good justification to not raise money. And I think that's completely backwards. Like, hell no, you don't raise money, you bootstrap it. And you should take everything that Josh is saying as the truth. And if in spite of all that, you can still come up with a good reason that raising money from a VC makes sense to you, well, good. You should have to clear that hurdle because it, it should require a, a, pretty, a pretty damn good argument to go and raise VC. Uh, instead of now, it's kind of like the VC almost comes first, almost before the idea sometimes, let alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I worked, when I was doing software consulting and, and uh, you know, we had a mix of like big SaaS companies to all the way to like startups. And the, the biggest thing that I, I was more or less the business development, did some product management. 
And we, I, so I always take the, the new people coming in and see if they qualify basically. And they, it was just 90% of people had an idea and it was an idea that's already been done a thousand times and they were going to do it, but they're going to do it in Indiana. That's where I'm from. And instead of San Francisco and that was their, that was their thing. And they were going to raise a million dollars. I have an idea and I'm entitled to have a million dollars. That's sort of how entrepreneurs act now. I basically, I think that most of America is just, it's like created this culture of entrepreneur. It's like, I want this idea to be real instead of I'm not going to be willing to make it real. And I, I mean, I, I, after a couple of years of that, I was pretty fed up, you know, and uh, I had learned that a lot of companies were paying a lot of money to me and my team to make stuff for them. But then they didn't have customers at the end of the funnel. They didn't even have real like market validation. They didn't know how to market the product or build a brand. And I, so I learned all of that stuff while I was on the job. And I took it into my own projects one by one. I was built every project I did sort of got a little bit bigger. And now I'm here at, at Twitch. Uh, and it's, there's just a, it's just a really, it's, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a bummer. I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm going to just be the change, but I, I think a lot, I think a lot of the uh, products, especially software um, are rather like pathetic. It's a lot of waste. Things like medium and Patreon uh, are going to be gone. I mean, those companies are going bankrupt. There's no question. So I, I just, they don't have any money. There's no way to leave. So if Twitch, say Twitch never got another user. Well, every Satoshi spent, at least, at least we could just maintain the website, right? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. companies like Patreon or, or Medium, they're spending millions of dollars a month in burn, uh, raised off of debt, and they have no, they have no real, you know, if they, if they downsized to a couple of people, you know, and didn't live in San Francisco at the privest real estate and all that, just so they can try to go well, up and look, up on the stock market. Josh, you you're, it, huh? you're missing, you're missing the brilliant strategy, which is race to raise and spend as much hype money as possible yeah. so that you can just barely remain solvent long enough to get to an IPO where all of the Correct. Robin hood traders will buy, <laughs> will buy your stock and yeah. you can cash out <laughs> and nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. What the hell is behind all these companies? No, I, I, it's so hard to imagine any of this environment being sustainable, like correction is yeah. well, coming. I don't know when. I'm surprised it's gone as long as it has. But I, I, I got something that might be interesting. I, I did a little research and there's like, we talk about all these companies that are going and, and trying to get to the, uh, to the stock market and IPO. There seems to be less uh, companies entering the stock market. So there's like high regulation, these companies with massive valuations uh, that don't really offer anything that's like special. I mean, a block they're raising like a billion dollars in private funding and not IPOing for like 10 or 15 years now. It's crazy. It, it seems it's really weird. I mean, I just don't understand, you know, we just sort of look at Twitch. It's like, all right, you know, uh, everything we're doing on the blockchain is there. It's like, well, people can like build a market for, you could build a chart for, Twitch transactions right now. And that's our stock market. That's, that's, we just, we IPO from the first day. Is that and, the, uh, twonk, the way you twonk, invest is buying Bitcoin. Twonk market? Twonks. <laughs> you see it right there. You can, you can, you can get your first exposure in a derivative called Bitcoin. You know, BSV is a Twitch app. It's a, it's a, it's a, just a tool that we use and you can, you can invest in Twitch by starting there. Um, I, I want to go back just for one second. Uh, yeah, to, jump on it. This idea of, of you know using the blockchain in a entrepreneurial way, because a lot of big block big blockers for years and years would talk about the theory of building a blockchain based business, and it's really cool to see it actually implemented here successfully um, 
with a, a lot of potential. And it's what you said earlier about you needed you need the blockchain to store information. I see this. This is always the inevitable outcome of blockchain technology. If it has the capacity at all to store information, this, these are the types of things that are going to be built on it. And for some reason that I don't understand, on BTC and really in B, most people in BCH don't want blockchains to be used this way. They don't want the, the profitable model that you've discovered to be found out. Yeah. And they, they don't like it so much that in the case of BTC, in the, in the early days, they intentionally changed a bunch of features to, to push, to, to try to destroy the viability of these business does, models. Does so that it's go really, back to the, to the question I asked before about like the sort of the dignity of this technology that you're going to, it's so fragile, you're going to break it with data right. that's unimportant or what? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 isn't, this, isn't this ultimately inevitable and 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 I, I think there's probably a bunch of other potential opportunities here that have yet to be realized and, and this is part of the reason like i came over to bsv being i'm, I'm more bullish on bsv reluctantly like i really wanted bch to to be bsv essentially um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just see that I, I really do see it as as inevitable and also to be celebrated that finally we do seem to have a blockchain in which people are like, oh, wow, we found an entrepreneur that has made a uh, discovered a profitable way to use this blockchain technology in a way that customers like. Let's all you know break out the champagne. This is something mm -hmm. that's, that's I like, I like what you said that you wanted BCH to be like BSV or whatever, because, you know, it's like uh, depending, if I send this to my parents, they're gonna be like, what are you talking about? But the, the concept here is that you're looking at, you're looking at uh, a future, you have a vision and you want to fulfill that vision. And there's a, there's a means to an end to get to there. And that's, that's what, that's why we should, we should all be here. It's, it shouldn't, shouldn't be because it's some like, you know, oh, this ticker or this brand or whatever, it doesn't make sense. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think the information system, you know, I, the, it just, it's in the name, uh, Bitcoin, you know, it's information creation and it's yep. there and it makes sense. And, um, and, and, you, and, and it's, people it makes sometimes sense. Also like, it? it makes sense. Huh? True. See? <laughs> well, you know who the dad joke account is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's, I'm gonna have to look into that one. Uh, the, the, uh, I think there's like the, the exchange of information is sort of like what people should see too. I think people are scared of like, they think like, well, the Bitcoin, you know, or the blockchain is gonna hold my information. Well, that's just a computer. It's like, a, it could be a cloud service. It can be a big uh, industrial uh, computing company or whatnot. But the point is now there's a market for this data where previously, it was things like Google or Amazon or Microsoft, and basically that's it. I mean, I think the government hosts their stuff on Amazon, for example. And it's just like, that's it. And you have to sign a big giant contract with them and it's locked in, there's no competition. And there's no like, I can't enter with a few cents or a dollar. You have to pay, you know, if you're a company that's running a big time server on Amazon, you'll sign the 12 month deal for hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, things like that. So th there's, there's a very interesting things that are going to evolve from this now. We're going to see this. It's sort of like Bitcoin's a big stock market for computation and energy and things like this. And and right now we're just sort of like monkeys, like crushing nuts with rocks with how we're using uh, the technology. It's going to really, really evolve. And there's going to be in the in the space. There's the on chain and off chain. And we just because we're building stuff, we're seeing a really interesting. We're seeing a lot of 
we're getting a lot of good information and that spectrum is going to really grow on and off chain. It's going to become much more of a, of a entangled thing uh, on and off chain. And only things that people want on chain can be on chain. But because you're using Bitcoin in mind when you're making these projects and companies, you have the capability of doing that. You can distribute the tech, uh, information. And, and exactly, nice. exactly. It, it, that, what you said there was, was key that you know, not, every, not all the information has to be on chain. Just the information that people think is profitable to put on the chain. That's the key that I, I just see so many people confused about that you don't have to, like if, if it costs it's a dollar a to upload. People will I know. see if it's worth it, right? <laughs> exactly, like how, how is this seen as, as a, a bad system or, or somehow if people imply that this is going to like break Bitcoin. Oh, if people use it for these unapproved ways that they're profiting from and everybody's profiting from, oh, that system's gonna be broken. I don't yeah, mind. we'll always have we'll always have that. We'll never be able to please everybody. Even people within our our like our small little cult we have here are going to be hating one way or the other, and that's all fine. It's just it's going to advance, and uh, people are going to benefit from it, and that's the bottom line. So if Bitcoin can't handle Danny Trejo's taco pictures, then it doesn't deserve to exist in the first place. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I think I think the meme market's the one of the biggest use cases. You know, the internet itself got all these people creating stuff, and they they don't get anything from it. All the big companies get everything from it. So why are we asking, why do we have to ask Facebook for permission for our information? Why is it not the other way around? This is, this is how it should be working by default. And now we have a nice little baseline to do that on. It's, and it's happening. We're looking at this in every angle, right? And I, it's just like all these big companies, they're going to get wrecked. It's going to become a big national security issue. You know, Facebook is going to have to cut itself out of all these countries. Well, what's the solution? It's the user having full control. That's the solution. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time that we get there. Well, so let me ask you about that because, you know, inevitably, probably as you grow, you're going to have to make some decisions and maybe you already have made these decisions about censorship or are you, oh, going, yeah. to, are you going to restrict anything that your users do? I, I mean, I can imagine things like... Yeah, let me bring it up. I got my terms of service here. I, I, could, like, I could imagine like, like third party um, fact checkers or censors that are like a paid service provider on top of Twitch where you're like, oh, yeah. this person is known as a really yeah. good child-friendly censor. I'm going to pay to have them anything that they don't approve doesn't come. I can see cool solutions down the road, but I'm curious right now, do you guys ban people? Do you remove stuff? Uh, we have, we have, I, we, I've wrote the terms of service myself. Um, so if anybody doesn't like it, you can talk to me. Uh, the, it's really, really simple. It's like, it's like the Bitcoin protocol. Everybody makes this a complex problem, but it's pretty simple. We don't have nudity, we don't have violence, and you can't violate somebody else's property. You can't share their information. Uh, I can't take your passport and share it on Twitch or whatnot. That's basically the rule set. Um, and uh, that's, it's just really that simple. And uh, if it's against the law uh, in any sort or manner, we'll, uh, we'll take it down. I'll take it down personally uh, because I have an interest to uh, feed my, uh, my child. And that's what I'm going to do. And then uh, what, what will happen, though, that's really cool is that instead of seeing that post, uh, you're going to, be able to grab a, a transaction ID and you can go and uh, use another service and go look it up and get that. You know, there's, yeah. some, there's some things called miners that have it. You can make your own website. You can do anything you want. That so, data. so you're so, just presented to you. 
Yeah, you're, you're an interface that displays in a nice, navigable, fun way information that is stored literally on a public ledger. I'm curious if, if you know, because most people like myself, they get on Twitch and I create this, now I have this big history of Twitches on there. And on a platform like Twitter, if I get kicked off, all my tweets are lost forever and I never get them again. Yeah, on Twitch, right. I'm not a technical guy. Is there some, is there some future where like I can go to a, a competitor, let's say says uh, we create an interface that will put all of your twitches in one giant timeline on a big giant, whatever document. And all you have to do is like enter some piece of information that's not owned by twitch, but that's, you know, on the blog or something like, like, how do I, how do I get that information? If I want to move it off of twitch, mm -hmm. if I want to see my twitches in some other manner is there a way for non-technical people to do that or is that kind of in the uh, future the, the, well you know it depends on how technical you want to get i think it's more technical than like we'd like to be able to build this app that you would have complete like you can revoke access to any twitch uh or individual content or all of your content you can delete your account and just completely remove it you know the version version 1.0 is sort of posting thanks to the blockchain. That's just sort of as simple as you can keep it. That's what it's happening. Uh, and, and we're gonna move the direction of like, the users can have complete control, you know? Can it be encrypted? Uh, can they, can they uh, say, like I said, remove? We should ask them for access uh, to this information if they wanna provide it. And, and even right now, technically, you can go to, you could view it on a blockchain or um, other explorers, you could view your stuff. Um, and then uh, even maybe more technically, is you could use our SDK and actually go fetch it too, because you could get, look get your user ID and then find all the transactions that are related to it and fetch it and make so you could make an Isaac Morehouse feed uh, using our SDK that's just yours, uh, just your Twitches, right? Or you, what, really, what it is is your your information that you signed with a with a public key and then you post it, put it in a, a ledger. Um, so that's that's like version 1.0, you know. And it's yeah, it's not perfect or what you know this this awesome. Uh, utopia uh, that we're building, but uh, you can do it, and it's gonna it's gonna get a lot better uh, faster. So I, I think that that's like sort of the bottom line of like everybody who wants to talk about deplatforming and censorship. They say, well, you can censor us, and I'm like, that's that's right. And but we're the only company. I, I have yet to find another that has gotten to this point where it's like they have. I don't know. There's lots of other Twitter competitors or Patreon or whatever. Or there's other people trying to make monetization of your following and uh, censorship resistant, uh, but they're just fake. They're just lying to you yeah. because they're just an Amazon server. They just like, it's not archived. So you are just gonna have the same problem. And even if they store their servers in the Cayman Islands, they're just gonna get it. They're gonna get the domain. It's, it's, it's certified in the United States. So look, you know, that's just this, the cure to all this is like you taking complete responsibility of your information. It's just such a cool, it's such a cool structure that, you know, if I accuse a platform like Twitch of uh, hiding my stuff or deplatforming or deleting some content, like we have the blockchain and I can, I can show it's like, uh, you know, it's like a public mod log on Reddit or something, except better because That's it right. can't be manipulated. <laughs> You, you can know. prove it. You, if, if I'm manipulating everybody on Twitch like Jack Dorsey does, you know, that's why we don't have an ad model. It's like, well, we can just make transactions by providing a service. We can make money from that, right? And so we don't have to uh, confuse you into funnels of thought in order to purchase things. And 
Uh, but you could never prove that on Twitter. You just never could. I mean, again, you have to ask them for access to your tweets. Remember that, right? And they do it for free. Everything they do for free. Well, it's a massive cost to go grab all that stuff. I don't know how that's working. And then you start to go down other uh, sort of rabbit holes, if you will. TK, so you got to get really in here from. because I, I know I know Josh has a limited amount of time with us. And like like usual, TK, you don't interrupt enough. And that's yeah. your fault. But then I get blamed kind of like for another it. 20 minutes. So we're, we're, we're good. I get blamed for it. Song. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about something you alluded to earlier, where, where you discussed the possibility that some of these other social media platforms that they could come crashing down. You know, maybe they get exposed for all the ways they're, you know, extracting data, kind of like what TikTok is going through right now, or even seeing what Stefan Molyneux is going through yeah. right now, where he's being censored. Do you see any? Do you have any interesting predictions to make about things happening in mainstream social media space in the next five years? that could really move the needle, bring a lot of attention to decentralized social media? Yeah, um, well, I think that, uh, I think Facebook has 90% or even more, like 99%, I wanna say, somebody fact check me, uh, is based on advertising. Their, their business, their revenue is coming from advertising. I think that's uh, a big uh, red flag. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I see advertising models as becoming increasingly brittle as a, as a you know, when, from a business perspective. Uh, I think that the, uh, all these companies are going to become under scrutiny of the government. You already see this with all these new laws, the, the California Protection Act, the GDPR. Uh, and the real solution is that the users should be taking all responsibility and, and whatnot of controlling their information. When the companies do it, it's just a honeypot. It's like your credit card information, right? It's the same sort of problem. I think that we're going to see that we can see the market cap drop drastically for some of these companies. I think you see the, the whole collectivist mindset is going to stop advertising on this platform or whatever, and that's going to eat into some of the revenue. Uh, we're going to see the governments restrict who they can advertise to or what they can advertise. Uh, we're going to see the government increase the cost of operation uh, when it comes to uh, certain things on social media, like data requests and how they encrypt and manage information and where's the money going or whatnot. And, uh, I, I just, ultimately these, these ad based models are just like negative things are like minuses for the internet. Just, there is no ad involved. There's no addition being ha happening. You have no power or leverage as an individual and the, the in scrutiny of it, it's a national security issue information. So everything you use, uh, I, I know in GDPR, I, I know a guy who uh, consults and manages uh, the EU and uh, GDPR and, uh, they go to big banks and they basically scare them into paying them a lot of money as consultants. And they say, we're gonna make sure that you're compliant. Well, compliant is, it doesn't mean anything. It's actually just like this gradient of like, how much money are you spending to pretend like you're doing something about these problems that actually are like a, a, a core issue in the internet. You just can't fix them yourself. How you many pop-ups before the, before the consultants, you only had one pop-up on your site that warned your users. Now you have five and they can't even read the right. articles and now you're complying. And it, it costs the companies 10, 20 or more. If it's a bank, they're probably charging like $100,000 a month just to do this, right? And, they, and what happens is they find all this information that's like, it's getting leaked out. They, they use all these widgets and stuff, even in like a bank code base, you know, all, all big enterprise code base is basically a bunch of spaghetti code because the cost of doing this yourself is immense and it's old and all that and it's all leaking out to russia or china or whatever and so they'll find that the consultants will go in there and show them that it's every company every company has this problem and they it, they'll say all right we're going to charge you this much to 
to stop that and, uh, and then increase all these uh, pop-ups and inhibit the user. The user takes on all the costs and they have to, the user experience is bad. The bank has to charge you more because their cost just like tripled because they have to comply to this new law and all this stuff just like, it's just going to all compound, you know? And it's just, it's, there's a lot of entropy and sort of these things have been built up on the internet. It's sort of built on sand and uh, there's awesome opportunities uh, with considering Bitcoin in your internet business now, I think in your physical business too, but anything you do uh, to manage it digitally uh, with Bitcoin in mind is going to help. It's just secure by design. Right. Um, and so it, it, it's, I don't want to sound negative because I'm not, I'm just saying there's got to be the right people fixing these problems and actually doing something about it. That's, that's what we need right now. Um, I don't know. Jack Dorsey isn't going to do any of this stuff, you know, it's, it's just not in his interests, you know, he's taking no salary and collecting ad money. I don't know. It's, it doesn't make sense. Josh, sp speaking of having the right people solving these problems, you mentioned Ethereum earlier and, and that's the platform you originally thought about doing this on, but you realized that you couldn't scale. Uh, Jack, you know, made an interesting post a day or two ago where he, where he said, you know, Hey, you know, love him or hate him. Ethereum is basically, they're kind of like winning the narrative battle in terms of the world computer. Um, people don't think of VSV when they think of world computer, but they do think of Ethereum. It's where, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs and developers who have some creative projects seem to want to go. You clearly saw that it didn't work, but most people are not. Is that as simple as it's because they're, they're not actually growing and so they can't see the problem? Or is there something else that's causing people to go to, go to Ethereum? And how do, how do you well, get a lot of that activity on VSV? Uh, well, I think, I think they have a big advantage because they, uh, ra they issued a security and raised a lot of money. And just like any company, they can survive longer. But the entropy takes its toll, just like on anything else in life. Uh, and it's going to move faster on companies in, in this, or organisms or whatever, uh, like Ethereum, that actually have no basis. They, have, they don't generate. There's no real like, productive economy. Uh, even if there was, it would be very costly to the end user. The whole point of using a blockchain is to actually like have at least the possibility of, uh, of cost savings for the user, you know, like the small transaction, your, your transaction fees on Bitcoin SV are like sub one cent or something. Right. Um, and Ethereum, I think it's like a dollar and it's just sort of, this will take time. And the better, the best thing we can do is actually not try to force the narrative and instead just like show the narrative, like constantly be building and, and failing even openly, uh, but showing how far we got, you know, oh, Twitch, you know, just a terrible idea and it died or whatever. Well, that proof of that is going to be really, really valuable in the long run. So, and, and people are going to learn from that and then come in and make the better one and whatnot. So we just got to be real patient. You know, I think having a good uh, time horizon on all this is important. It's not just saying like, oh, be patient. It's going to, the number is going to go up. It's like, well, look, really, if anything good is going to happen out of all this 10 years of Bitcoin, it's not going to be the way that they did it before. So uh, I think it's just, I think Ethereum, maybe they have some, then it's some narrative, but I also tried counterparty and I, I tried Ravencoin and those are basically just like Bitcoin tokenization things. And um, you know, like it's actually not that strong. I tried other stuff, you know, it's not that good. I know there's a lot of other ones. I never, I, I love the, um, what you said, I'll paraphrase it. Show don't tell. And that's, that's so resonant with me, like rather than trying to get into a big giant, you know, education, narrative, persuasion battle through words and arguments and blog posts. I mean, and that stuff's fun. Like we're doing a podcast. We like to talk. We like to discuss. But 
just start building and tinkering and like share that with the world. Do it openly. Yeah, I'm playing around with this. Yeah, I built this. Hey, I did, oh, this failed. Let's try this. And I think that's what's so cool about, you know, kind of getting back to the branding thing and, and even with the persona and all the, all the jokes and stuff like that, there's a, still a consistency with your personal brand and with Twitch's brand that's very much just like, we don't care what you think of us. We're just building stuff. And if you think it's cool, you can try it. And having that like, we're just going to let the proof be in the product. Um, it's just so, it, it's such a good model. And I think it has in a world saturated by uh, marketing and argumentation, it has a, a, it stands out to people. It attracts people who are tired of that. And they just, they don't want to hear arguments anymore. They just want to try things that are fun. Um, so I think that's a really, I think that's a really powerful Well, I I, I think it's even, it can even go deeper. There's like a spiritual issue that the world has, a self-esteem problem that the world has. I'm I'm an American, so I'll speak. I spent some time in Europe too, but I'm an American. It's where I I grew up and I come from and all that. But we have a big self-esteem issue. And um, that's because everybody else is sort of looking around, seeing what everybody else thinks about something else. Uh, Our current topics are, um, you know, not eating meat. Uh, uh, This person has this color of skin or whatever, and it's like, it's become so shallow. I think that's just really sad. So I wanna, I wanna be in the culture that we have uh, uh, people, and we have various people from various backgrounds in our company, and we don't give a shit about any of that. What we care about is just trying to show the world how this actually is. And by sort of giving off these signals, and those other types of people. So. Uh, we just get, it's all about the culture. It's like, you know, we need, we need people with confidence and, and we need people who have vision and we need people who aren't trying to tell us everything that's wrong. Instead, there's a big difference between someone who critiques your product and they want you to fail and those who like think you have a good idea, but genuinely like maybe one part of it, it's not good. That's a huge difference. And what you see, and you, and when you start building stuff, you immediately recognize that. That's just a value set of a human. I don't care who you are or where you're from. If you are thinking like a loser and acting like a loser, I don't want anything to do with you. If you want us to succeed, then we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that if we're building a business, we have an interest to grow our customer base and that we're doing something good for you. And that's just how we see it. And I think, I think that th- this sort of philosophy can, we're just trying to lead by example and have this philosophy for life. We think there's a bright future. We use the bright gang culture as part of our marketing. Um, and, we, and it's ironic because we make fun and make all these uh, memes and all that and make fun of people or ourselves even. But actually what we're saying is, look, don't have such thin skin. Everything is going to be great. You got to look past all this. You got to be positive. You know, it's, it's funny. There's like this, um, there's this giant hunger culturally for people who don't give a shit and who are just like, Hey, here's what I am. Here's what I do. I'm unapologetic and who are kind of like consistent and strong and unflappable and they don't yield to peer pressure. And you can see that. I think, I think um, a lot of people that like Donald Trump feel like that, like he fulfills some longing they have to just have some strong person in their world. Jordan Peterson phenomena was similar. So I feel like Twetch is like the dad that cryptocurrency so desperately needs just that strong unflappable you know figure that sometimes just tells you you're a piece of shit will neg you you know and you just you just need that dad in your life i think that's i I think i I just want to 
I want to say that's a cool thing to say, but then there's Donald Trump and Jordan Peterson. I think they're both scammers. They ultimately try to convince you to think or act a certain way. And instead we say, we're going to uh, provide you something that you might like or might not like, and then you're going to give us a penny every time you do it. And it's just all right there up front. And yep. we just, well, I think that's really important, right? That's like a core piece of that. We're like surrounded by leaders and all these people that ultimately are just trying to get something out of you without telling you. And yeah. When they say, I'm, believe I'm here to, I'm just here to help you. Well, it's always an exchange. So just make that exchange transparent and let's yeah. treat each other like peers who have mutual respect. <laughs> The irony is the transactional part of it actually has built better relationships. It's like some people say, well, it's very transactional. You could say that about a lot of things in life. Well, like it's fine, but that's how it's, it's about how you, what you put behind it, you know? And if it's voluntary and two people are, are interested in there, there's actually being a relationship and trust being built and all sorts of stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's much deeper than just sending a penny back and forth. There's, well, it's funny. There's trust the, involved here. The, the, um, the exchange, you know, nature, even just, pure money economic exchange of the market is something that gets a lot of criticism, but I think people fail to see what a tremendous civilizing and humanizing force it is. So like, you know, if my toilet's broken and I'm like, Oh, I have a relative that I think can fix it. And I'm like, just come over and fix it. There's need to be any money involved and whatever you, we all know what's going to happen. There's going to be all sorts of weird passive aggression and I'll be angry that they showed up late, but they'll be mad that I'm taking advantage of them, whatever. And that's why like, I just prefer to pay some guy a hundred bucks to fix my toilet. If he does a bad job, I can yell at him and neither of us take it personally. It's like he has expectations. I have expectations. And there's something about that that makes things so, so humanizing. It does it, everything. It depoliticizes it, right? Even political on the, on the family level or the, the passive aggression. You have to read between the lines. Do you think they were mad that I asked them to do that? Should I, should I send some money? You know, the, the grandma took the kids. Should I send money for lunch? Do you think she'll be mad at us if we don't? Like there's all these weird, and that stuff is like not healthy. So turning things into, and of course this doesn't apply to everything, but turning things into a more transparent transaction, uh, I think it's a great humanizing and civilizing force mm -hmm. that never gets enough credit. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think just want to point out. Oh, Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say I. Uh, I wanted to point out in the in the course of a couple of numpty shows, we said that Craig is the mother of Bitcoin, and now Twitch is the father of Bitcoin. You're going to make a really ugly baby. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you guys, how'd you get the name Numpties? You know, I saw some funny stuff. You know, guys are doing this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't usually do the podcast with Childish Morons, right? That's but uh, here I am today and I, yeah, well, I, I, I seen some fun stuff around the, uh, the brand that you have. So how'd you get, how'd you get numpties? So we, yeah, go ahead, TK. You, you really yeah, had uh, one that, that made it stick. Yeah. Th there was some guy who from day one, from like the first video, he would comment and just rail on us the whole time and just call us a bunch of numpties. And then uh, <laughs> there was one day, Maybe and like, I never, none of us had ever heard that word before. We're not no, but I fell in love with it immediately. I thought it was an awesome, like old good, school insult. Yeah. yeah. It was like episode two or three where he goes, oh, great. The four numpties again. And so the next episode we're on, Isaac's like, man, we need a name if we're going to keep doing this. And I was like, we already got one, man. Look at this guy in the comments. And, uh, and I showed them the guy called us the four numpties. I was like, how, how could it get any better than that? You know? <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we just decided to roll with it. Because there's, there's nothing you can do with that, right? Like, hey, we're a bunch of numpties. Well, pr like half the comments are, 
you guys are idiots who obviously don't know anything about Bitcoin. And if we're just sure. like, yeah, we're just numpties. Like, get, get the hell out of here. If it's not fun to watch, why the hell are you watching? Get out of here. So, yeah, yeah. So, Josh, I would love to hear you give us the most exciting, like, big, crazy, wild, where do you think not only Twitch, but kind of this new, you know, BSV or Bitcoin-based version of the internet, the economy, where can this go? What do you think about? What are the big, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're thinking about big, crazy visions. What are some of those things that get you excited and where you're trying to, how you're trying to get there with Twitch? Yeah, I, uh, I like, I think at the base, there's this, there's a lot of new opportunities and that's really obvious and that feels good. I think there's a really bright future in, in almost every aspect of this. I think it's going to open up how uh, education and research and science works. I, I see a really big future with that. And I think in like health, I think it's going to advance uh, healthcare and things like that a lot because everybody, the, the Bitcoin sort of allows everybody to start doing business, but you know, working together, collaborating together all over the world. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. It's sort of like, what's the topic you're trying to, what are the things you're trying to accomplish? I think it's going to be, we're going to start doing business and, and just like building relationships with people. That just never because of the, like, like health. Let me just pause you on one of those that you mentioned. Give me a little like specific vision just because of you see individuals own health related data being. Uh, no, I, I think that's less interesting. I think what we're going to see is uh, a big uh, explosion of research and information uh, um, and incentives that happen. So I can see Bitcoin being a game where people are curing disease because they're able to transfer this information, upload it, and they get this reward. You know, that's sort of just think about it. I like, keep it simple, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of various ways this could happen. So like direct uh, immediate payment for value that you create um, without re removing a lot of intermediaries is kind of the, the fundamental thing you see unlocking this. Uh, yeah. And I just think it's like a place everybody can point their attention. Um, it's sort of, it's just a, a nice shiny uh, glowing light uh, for us bugs out there and we can, and we can try to, get there and I, there's a lot of stuff that can be done and it just, it just opens up everything. Every bit can be sort of priced in a sense. And there's, I just look at it as a big a game and uh, I think it's really promising. I'm, I'm my next sort of venture that I'm building up. It, it's going to relate to some of this stuff. And I'm looking at like, you know, uh, a, a pretty interesting concept of using DNAs, uh, things like information storage or uh, being able to build um, what I'm calling the genetic trust and the ability to manage uh, your information and money, et cetera, beyond your own lifetime. So it just extends, like the concept of humans living forever may never be uh, a thing, but you can now think about what it's gonna look like and not only one generation, but two or three. Uh, it, just, it just opens up that, that avenue. For me, that was a big breakthrough. I, I was able to start imagining things long-term. And then when I started building a family, I started thinking about like practical ways. And then I was uh, thinking about if I built Twitch and it was a billion dollar company, how would my wife and daughter ever get any of that without sort of a, somebody in between taking half of it. And you can, it, this is like what it opens up, you know, and it just sort of allows you to focus on the things that are more important. And it's having like a, having a, a sound money, but also a place to share information, to trade ideas, and then even have information and in those ideas last longer than your own lifetime. That's really interesting to me.
you 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 do realize that the where Jurassic Park went wrong was that in trying to do this big technological innovation, they used frog DNA to to help. So I don't know. <laughs> there, there might be some hazards involved in this project. I'm not sure. You know what's really the- funny is I, I know what somebody else told me. I think it was Aaron. They mentioned uh, when I was telling him about this idea. It's Prime Intellect. Prime Intellect.io is sort of the first, you got a you got a basic landing page in point two here. But I was telling him, I was pitching him my idea, and then he said, you have to check out the uh, Jurassic Park book. So that's really funny you said that. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to actually do that. I, have never, I haven't taken the time to do that. Steve, were you saying something? Oh, I, w- I was just, uh, you were talking about genes and, and Bitcoin. Is the idea like your genetic code is your private key, something like that? Yeah, sure. And then, of course, it's provable beyond your own lifetime. Right. Um, Interesting. Uh, your children, your children can, yeah. You know, I'll have a lot more. Um, so you're born with private keys yeah. in your in your body to to everything yeah. that your pre, your progenitors uh, had on the blockchain. It'll yeah, be like Stargate, yeah. where you can activate technology because you have the Atlantis gene. There you go. There you go. You get it. You. That's exactly right. You know, you're, it's like um, Bitcoin, just an inefficient DNA. Um, that's sort of how you should look at it. And if you sort of follow this down. Uh, that path, there's a lot of interesting things going on. So I'm super interested in new topics because of Bitcoin. You know, I thank God for Bitcoin every day because it just opened up my eyes and had, it, it was before I was just uh, doing stuff that I was just doing to make uh, some money. And I was uh, um, just, just doing the, the, the standard thing. And maybe for me, you know, I'm sure I was an entrepreneur and, and I've been an entrepreneur, but I, was, I, I hadn't had big inspiration probably uh, for a few years. And then um, uh, Bitcoin hit and I got the fever and now, it just turned, it was money and then it was computing and now it's all these other new things. And I yeah, it, really, it seems almost really awesome. like, like the technology or product component is for you really just an expression of kind of like a cultural or, or spiritual uh, goal or something that you have that motivates you. Um, you know, that you're, you're trying to change the way, you're trying to change life itself, so to speak. I kind of think there's like, changing lives, individual lives, which you can do one-on-one or through a, a product, but changing life itself is a different beast. It, it, it can be done using all kinds of vehicles, including a product or a technology, but that's a different kind of goal. And, it, and I feel like you're telling me you want to just change life itself in some meaningful way, not just the lives of individual users of Twitch or whatever other technology. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, well, go on Twitch and ask, ask for help and see what you get. That's what you should do. If you need help, go on Twitch and ask. And that's the culture we're building. And uh, it's, 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 it's uh, sad that we have to say that's new or exceptional like in our world right now. And uh, I just, I, I, think it's, I think I can speak for all of our team. We're just trying to make a difference. And we think what a funny way to do it, it's sort of like Amazon when they started out, they had books, it was the biggest category. And, they want to sell books and we say, well, you know, half the world's on social networks. So let's just start there. And we think that can, that's a good way to approach this. Um, and, but there's a lot of more that goes on. Uh, I think that you treat software as, as an organism. If you have the uh, bigger vision and philosophy and you apply it, that's what an entrepreneur is supposed to do, right? Not beg for money is actually apply their ideas and lead and, uh, and become a philosopher uh, then we can make a difference. So we're just a new breed. And I, I, every person on my team thinks this way. One, you know, they, everybody sort of has their own way of thinking, uh, but we all have this, this, this core 
ability to say, this is how we see the future and, um, and our values align. And we're just going to build products that sort of perpetuate those values. And we're going to find more people that are values. It's, and and uh, I, I, it's going to pay off uh, for a lot of people. You're going to develop a whole Muppet army. A whole, <laughs> you know, we're going to change the way people look at frog, frog internet. You know, yeah. that's what we'll start Is animal there. taken? I've always been partial to animal. Um, <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, there's thought experiments, which are fun, but you're, you're giving us a field experiment, which I think is so much more valuable to test out different ideas. And it's not just ideas about micropayments or whatever, but it's, it's, you know, deeper assumptions about human interaction and the nature and the quality of information and, you know, individuation of, of ownership and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's just, it's like whatever happens in the long run with something like Twitch, having this live real experiment in the real world that's constantly adapting and getting feedback is so much more valuable than us sitting here and just speculating about use cases for Bitcoin, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it. If you go to twitch.com slash features, we got this early sort of, we're going to take it at different angles too. You know, you have Twitch is a fun place to be as good culture. Now we're going to like look at work in a different way. We have the slash features. It's like a funding per feature. Users can fund the features they want. Uh, we're going to build in incentives for those who fund it to earn uh, royalties essentially with us. Uh, from the revenue that we get as a company or that feature earns and then we're going to even be able to create jobs out of it So we're gonna you can fund the work and you can earn off of that how successful it is and, and Then it creates a job this feature needs to be built now a developer or user of twitch can uh, build it himself or hire a team um, and this incentives tied in they're just it's everything incentives are everything. It's like just, a better mechanical Turk uh, setup, right? That's that right. Amazon's Mechanical Turk, yeah. Yeah, so just to clarify, you were saying you're going to have an ability for people to contribute, like regular people can fund this new feature and then they've already make got like a that. connection to the it, private. It exists. Well, well yeah. that was part one. But part yeah, yeah. two is they get a revenue from that, like if you do the funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we wow. don't have one on there right now that has a funding. That's I, I think I need to be really careful about I want to do it right. Um, mm. But we're going to find something that's a good, simple start to that and move that direction. And awesome so say, idea. okay, you can, you can invest in Twitch in a sense that like, we're going to sell it on the app store for $2 and 18 cents. And if you were the, one of the 10 people that funded that app development then you're going to earn a percentage of that as we go. Um, and then you awesome. can reinvest that if you want or whatever. So again, you know, it's like sort of like you can abstract these ideas now and think about like the IPO and this is why people, don't like my anti-VC stance because it's becoming very real, very fast that like, well, Bitcoin is just the ultimate public uh, or stock market. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can but do it, cool But stuff without the, all the strange uh, intermediary complications, like you get, you get instant capital. The investor gets instant equity. That's 100% liquid. Right. So like, if I'm getting a percentage of the BSV that's earned because of an amount that I paid for that feature, what I'm getting isn't like a share in some hopeful future that Twitch gets bought out. It's liquid today and I can go and trade yeah, it. And yeah, yeah. It's like, well, we don't, it's like even, it's like, so I don't get the SEC calling, you know, we're not even selling security. We only have to sell our equity right. and there's still incentives that work, right? Yep. So it's just way less speculative. Basically, we you do something, we make a contract that says we're going to make it, 
And then if it works, it works. And everybody yeah. knows the, what's going on here. And it's like a, such a small risk. You know, none of this stuff's going to be $6 million worth of development in one go or something. It's going to be like, we're talking about some of these features are a hundred bucks. So, you know? so let and me it just starts the process. Let me dream a little bit here about some other things that I can see spinning out of this. So I'm, I'm very much in the kind of talent space and have been for about a decade and helping people kind of find and start their careers and whether that's freelance or finding somebody to work for or whatever. And I can see that the process now for talent discovery is like, say you need to hire somebody to do marketing or whatever. You have to go advertising that you're looking for this. You have to go looking for people and then telling people to look for you. And then they got to look for you. And then you got to sort through all this stuff to hopefully find somebody who's good. But imagine something as simple as like your blog or your email newsletter that's a paid, you know, paid piece of content that when somebody shares it, they automatically get some percentage of every new subscriber yeah. that comes from that without having to go and set up a crazy affiliate link and do all this stuff. And then what that does is it creates a world where the people who are naturally gifted at marketing and the best marketers, they, they just become your employees, so to speak, without you ever having to do an interview process or do a set up yes. a compensation structure or whatever. You, you may not even know that they're out there earning a full-time living because they're so good at promoting your stuff. Um, so I just, it changes the whole like discovery. The, the information can flow so much more efficiently because it makes incentives. Right now, you have to have head knowledge in order to choose where to put your money incentives in, in something like acquiring. Oh, it, it, it's a ridiculous. And there, and there it's just the immediate... It's like tapping into the decentralized knowledge, what, what Hayek would call even the tacit knowledge or Pugliani of the people on the ground. They may not even know ahead of time. And the in economic incentive is already right there, just waiting all the time. Yeah. And so information can flow so much more quickly and better yeah. to its best use, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, like the, my, my, some of my previous work, we would, uh, we, if we had a project come in, I'd go find out on, on Crunchbase or something how much money they raise. And then we figure out how much we have to charge them. It's like ridiculous. That's what you can see. This, this is, you know, it's just like a scam. It's just, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. And, and, it, and it, you, uh, it's $5,000. You can earn $5,000. We pay for two things at Twitch, active users and working code. That's our policy for hiring. I mean, it's uh, only a scam. It's only a scam if there's a better solution. And, and, and previously there hasn't been, right? The economy is mostly a process of signals and signal, in, in, signal interpretation. And so you're always like pricing is just a classic case of like, it's really freaking hard to optimize pricing. Every, you want to pay as little as you can and the other person wants to get as much as they can. And so you do all this crazy stuff. Like you try to read between the lines. How much do I think they're willing to pay based on how much they got? What will it signal if I send this? And being able to require less, you know, rely less on human knowledge and guesswork and more and more on better information about resource valuation at any given time, at any given place, how much is this valued, having more open markets for these things. Um, it makes it a scam once that's possible, but it hasn't been possible in very many cases. And so I think that's what's so cool about this. Is that it makes I got a question. I got a question for you guys. I know uh, you and TK, Isaac and TK are, are, are in this field, but uh, what do you guys think about the sort of the where education is heading? I, I've, I think it's a pretty interesting, it sort of fits into this conversation, right? So what do you guys think? I, I want to hear a little bit from you guys. I'll start off. I, I tend to be rather pessimistic. Uh, so a lot, my, my main focus is um, 
more academic ideas that I'm working outside of the academy. And I think we've been in something like a dark age for the last century. I think the 20th century was a terrible century for the world of ideas. And I think the academic system is completely broken from K to 12 to higher ed. Um, I, I think it's, I think we are, I think the internet is the biggest paradigm shift for thinking individuals ever. I think it's a bigger deal than the printing press for independent intellectuals. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the future is going to be in the hands of the in, in, independent intellectuals just because the competition is so damn poor, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. TK, it's all you, baby. Who's next? It's all yeah. you. I, I mean, so I'll, I'll answer this in terms of some of the cool things, cool possibilities that I think um, Bitcoin can open up for, for innovating in education because I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the model at, at, as, as it is is broken. And in fact, everybody, everybody agrees on that. It's just the only disagreement is there are some people who believe that you should loyally and faithfully work in the existing model and just keep putting more money into it until the problem somehow fixes itself or that you should innovate around these systems and, and do alternative things. But when anybody stands up and says, our kids aren't being properly educated, everybody gives an applause. When anyone says, we need more creativity mm. in schools, like no one disagrees with that. It's only controversial when you say, all right, now here's a specific idea of what we can do about it. Then everyone's like, no, that's evil, that's wrong, right? People love the idea that education is flawed. They just hate the idea that um, we have a responsibility to innovate and here's a specific way I want to do it. But something that I think is really cool. So when I look at trends right now, I think of like, I forget the name of it, but it's like masterclass where you can have like Neil Gaiman teaching a course on literature, Neil deGrasse Tyson teaching a course on physics. Right now, things are set up in such a way that the ability to access experts, influencers, thought leaders who you want to teach you things it's so convoluted that they have to contract with a third party who sets up the user experience, the interface, how they take money from you. And there's no easy direct way for a thought leader or influencer to just say, all right, everybody who wants to register, do so at the click of this button. You know, it's going to charge you this much. You're going to have the Zoom link here and I'm going to show up at this place at this time and I'm going to talk about such and such. The Twitch model can actually provide something like that. It can provide the, not just the financial incentives for Sounds people. Sounds like Daimly. <laughs> it, it can not only just provide the financial incentives for people to take their knowledge straight to their audience, but it can provide the ease of use that eliminates mm -hmm. all the third, fourth, fifth parties you need to even make something like that happen. Because I do a lot of virtual workshops with a lot of students, a lot of clients around the world, and it takes so much stupid, unnecessarily convoluted coordination to make these things happen. And when I look at some of the possibilities that you guys um, are making real, that, that's what gets me excited about education. And I think it's not going to be philosophical arguments about the existing system. It's going to just be undeniable ease yeah. providing irrefutable value when it comes to people being able to talk to whoever they want and pay them they're just going to be learning on accident you know it's sort of how it's like going to feel so fluid when you go yeah. on the computer that there's like you know you're entering the space of knowledge and you're just constantly learning right yeah yeah and i feel like you know in, in terms of anything you know k through 12 or whatever 
there's basically two goals that I always look at. What is the primary goal? What, what is the need that this is actually serving in the market? Cause what people say it is, is very different from what they are actually doing with their actions. So K through 12 is two things. It's all about trying to get into college or, or, you know, either college or something else so that you can get a job or it's a daycare. And those are the two functions of K through 12. And I think with more people working remotely, more, more and more options, market competition, the daycare function, why would you send your kid to a daycare that's cinder block walls, fluorescent cells, and no doors on the bathrooms, carved in barbed wire when you could send them to a really cool place, right? Like the daycare functions getting unbundled. And then I think the, if you start with college and say, if, if you show that college is useless for your career, then pretty much all the achievement chasing in K through 12 becomes useless too. And you start to reorient yourself towards value creation. And so to me, I, I love the movie, uh, Other People's Money. This is a great movie from like the 80s. Uh, Danny DeVito gives this amazing speech where he gets up and he's talking to these shareholders at this, this wire and cable company that's been a very solid, profitable company. And he's trying to liquidate. He's trying to buy it out. And all the old guard are like, don't let Larry the liquidator buy out our solid American company. You got to get the shareholders to vote against this. And he gets up and he gives it, the, 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 the owner gives this impassioned speech about how we can't let this get bought out by some Wall Street tycoon. And then he gets the microphone and he says, amen. He says, I, I didn't hear an amen because I just heard a funeral speech. He said, or I, heard, I heard a prayer, a prayer for the dead. He said, this company is dead. You just don't know it yet because it's not broke. And he said, and the fastest way to go broke is to throw increasing investment at a decreasing market. He's like, you're going out of business because uh, fiber optics are coming in and your cables are going to be obsolete. I can buy it and I can liquidate your assets and make you all a bunch of money. Stop pretending you're not dead. And that's, I have felt for several years now, and I gave a little speech by this top, by this title that college is dead. It's it, as they say in the mm -hmm. South, it done been dead. They just, they just don't know it yet. People just, because it still has so much freaking money and their endowments and their tax subsidies and all this stuff, but it's dead because the only thing people are paying for is a signal that says I'm hireable. And guess what? That signal is now worthless. It's truly worthless with the only exception being uh, roles that legally require a degree, like you know, law, and, law and medicine and whatever, which hopefully will come eventually. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of roles that, I mean, we've been doing it with Praxis for four, you know, several hundred people for seven, eight years now with Crash as well. No employer gives a shit about that signal anymore. The minute you can do anything remotely more interesting, which literally could be a two minute YouTube video is more interesting instantly than saying BA in communications. This yeah. signal is worthless now. And that's what people are paying for because any of the other parts, that piece of paper, any of the other parts you could have for free. You could move to a college town. You could sit in classes. You could go to sports game. You could do everything without paying or registering. They wouldn't kick you out. They wouldn't even notice. No one does that. They all pay because they think they have to have that degree. It's dead, but they just don't know it yet. They don't know that that degree is a dead signal on the marketplace and that it won't do shit for them. And they're going to have to be their own credential anyway. So if you're going to have to be your own credential anyway, skip the whole charade. And once you do yeah. that, all the other elements become unbundled. And it's like, yeah, there's something fun about living on a campus. There's fun things about intramural sports. There's fun things about classroom style lectures. Sometimes there's fun things about all of these, but this giant inefficient package for a hundred grand makes no sense at all. And the only mm -hmm. thing holding it together has been belief in that signal. And once it's realized by more people that that signal is already dead, not tomorrow, it's already dead everything will unbundle in a beautiful way. Yeah. Delete your degree is the campaign. 
to yes. beat your degree. You know? Yep. Be, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and, and, to, and it's a, to make a, or whatever. Yeah. To make a tortured Bitcoin analogy, like to me, it's people have been playing in a, in a fiat world, right? Where it's like proof of paper, proof of third party certification. Look, this third party said that I'm, I meet some minimum level of employability. And it's so easy to falsify. It's so the market's saturated. Now it's proof of work. You have to create something that can't be faked and that require genuine costs. So instead of sending a degree that says this company's, this, this organization certified me, trust them. You send, I mm -hmm. made this project for you that demonstrates my skills in a way that can't be faked and that required real effort. That's the marketplace right now. And it's just like, yeah, uh, what yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Sure. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, all the perspectives, because I also, I see that it's like leaning towards the internet, though, and it's just going to be, it's going to be new approach to it. There's going to be a physical space where people are actually just making stuff. It's like, it's not going to be sitting in a lecture or have a lab that you have to get these check boxes. It's going to be like real people doing real things and experimenting rapidly. I, so I think there's a place for physical. I, I really believe that. But there's the, the general day-to-day -day life is going to be this new gamification of the of education and learning. So I, I really like that. I like where you guys are, uh, are headed with that and, and the way you think about it, because it is a big part of Bitcoin. I think it's a really big part of how this is all going to work. Hey, yeah. man, and you have kids. I'm telling you, kids learn when they're having fun, doing something that they care about, and when they're making money. I'll tell you, like, you get, you get kids starting to realize, hey, if I make really cool, whatever, artwork, or, or bits of code or marketing campaigns, I can get paid if I share them on Twitch or whatever. You, mm -hmm. you watch how fast people can learn when they see that they can earn for something or that they can build something they're interested in. So I think there's so many mm -hmm. possibilities. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, not only is the market value of the, of the degree and toilet, when, when people realize that their, their behavior will change, when people realize the quality of the actual ideas is utterly garbage, their behavior will change. And though the college is done dead already, uh, they still are killing themselves despite already being dead. I was just reading articles of like the Ivy Leagues trying to make it so you can't even be on campus in the coming semester. You're going to be doing yeah. everything virtually online. I'm thinking you guys are just, I mean, that's a great demonstration of how deeply their heads are stuck in the sand that they think the degree is so valuable now that yeah, people are going to be taking online classes for $50,000 okay. a year. I, I can't, they're I can't they're taking that. loans out for that. They're taking yeah, right. loans out to do that. I can't right. Don't forget that. You know, it's working against them. It's yeah. really tough. So I, I got to tell you guys this fact that I just discovered yesterday. Um, th this, will, this will put everything in perspective. The craziness we were talking about with IPOs and valuations, here's that, the version of that for higher ed. The University of California system, uh, college system, has 280,000 total students and 227,000 employees. <laughs> oh, man. how's that work? You would think they're having like you know one-on-one -on -one classrooms or something. No, that I mean the sheer level of administrators and you know bureaucratic, God knows what. I mean. That tenure, you know, everybody wants the tenure. You can't be fired. That's the, that's the goal. Can you imagine? Uh, anyway, so um, right, here's the crypto analogy for, for the degree. I got it now. The degree is BTC. 
once upon a time, everyone was excited that having this thing was the currency that buys you a future, right? Then when people, you know, started to get knocked around by the arguments and realize the flaws, they rescued it with the narrative of, oh, it's store of value. It's not meant to be a currency that buys you a future, but, you know, like nobody will take you seriously if you don't have one. And if you store your wealth and your, your, your knowledge and skill inside this thing, at least you won't be one of the losers, you know, when the world comes crashing apart. And yeah. the reality is when you understand the, the underlying mechanics and the underlying economics, you are one of the ones who say, it's already dead, it's already dead, it's already over. But if you make yourself one of the ones who say that, the majority of people will immediately stop taking you seriously as an intellectual, right? Look so, at the so, market price, it's still high, TK. Yeah, look at yeah. the market price. And, and the people that are buying, they're not betting on the economics and the mechanics, they're betting on, you know, everybody else thinks, everybody else takes this seriously, everybody else sees this as respectable. And your credibility shredded, people make fun of you, they mock you. But in the real world, you actually get to win. So, so you sacrifice being taken seriously uh, by the intellectual elites, but you actually get to use the knowledge that you have to win, you know, which is why more and more entrepreneurs yeah. are actually seeing it this way. I think Just, it's, it's where we're headed. I, th I want to say that the next time I come on, we could talk about, we're talking about the price of the degree. We could talk about all this funny money that's going on too. I think that'd be an interesting topic to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because you do a I'm lot really of- interested um, to see. You do a lot of like market analysis and investment analysis type stuff as well, correct? I'm, I'm just interested. Uh, I'm very interested in where all this is going. And um, I thought the sort of the virus and everything uh, opened up my eyes towards uh, the, the sort of really, I was paying attention more to uh, how much uh, money they were printing to keep it short. So I think that's going to be a really interesting place. We could talk about it soon in the future and say, say uh, you know, it, it doesn't look good. So uh, it's like the degree is not only costs this much, but the, the the money behind it is actually has way less value itself. So yeah. it's it's really funny how this world's working at the moment. But I think as long as we keep the perspectives that we have, we're going to be just fine. And it's like just focus on the proof of work, focus on actually making things happen. Build your families, build your core, build your friend, your friend group, your trust group. Keep it tight, and everything's going to be fine. You know, I. I but it's funny. It's definitely an entertaining world at the moment, right? Uh, is that the last word? I'm giving you the last word. To bring yeah, well, place. I'm going to go cook some food on the grill and hang out with my, my baby daughter. Um, so thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I definitely look forward to coming on again sometime. I think we should sell this uh, video on Streamanity. I'd like to pitch that to you guys. Um, and um, we can earn royalties for our work today. I think people are going to really enjoy We'll do it, man. Uh, it was really nice to uh, be, to actually meet you guys. This is the first Love time it. we actually got to talk. We'll do it. We'll watch those uh, twonks go up. So great to chat with you, man. Awesome. Keep the good work. Cool. Talk right, soon. Bye. See you. Bye. See you.